The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Century. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Greg Ducharme. Good to see you. Happy New Year to you, Rick Gaiman. Uh, Good to see you, too. I can't believe 2024 is here already, officially. But uh, it brings good news, because I'm very excited to get back into our normal run of things on the First Cut here. Yeah, well, we're not wasting any more time. Uh, The first of the year is a Monday of a PGA Tour event, which means we are rocking and rolling with DFS previews. It means that Tuesday's mega preview pods are just a day away, and we are back to round-by-round recaps. This show, Greg, is a a six-day-a-week show. And and there's just that much to talk about, which is phenomenal. We keep it up to the date, uh, keep you on track with everything that's going on on a week by week basis here on the PGA tour. So I have so much fun covering it, so much fun talking about it and um, looking forward to picking some winners this year. Couple of other items before we jump too deep into this field. So we've got the new cadence of DFS uh, mega preview pod and the four round by round recaps. We teased this a little bit last year, but the one and done, obviously back. Mark is going to find a way to get himself an asterisk, find a way to stir up some controversy. And now the fans, Greg, are in this. As individuals, they don't have to make picks. Everybody is involved. There's already uh, dozens of people in the contest, so everybody gets their own say when it comes to one and done this year. And that is so exciting because they make. I mean, the the whole field is so much bigger. You know, it's like uh, instead of having our little six or eight person uh, a contest and event. Uh, we're going to have a big one this year. So it's going to be really fun to battle it out head to head with all of you fans. Uh, and of course, all the all the guys on the first cut here. So uh, I can't wait. It definitely ups the pressure a little bit for us. It does. 
It does yeah. up the pressure a, a little bit. So we are, I, I, I'm showing you, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm showing uh, the league right now. I already see Patrick is in. He already has his pick in. I already have my pick in. I'm not going to have any controversies in week one. My pick is in. I see Joseph's in. I see Michael's in. I see Dan is in. So uh, the way to get involved, Josh has uh, graciously set this up. And there is a link in the description, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you are listening on your podcasting platform of choice, the website site is runyourpool.com. Uh, you'll see the, the first cut pool go on, get involved. Uh, you have until, I guess, Josh, the deadline is what? Thursday when this thing kicks off. It won't be Thursday morning because they're in Hawaii, but you have until the century starts, which will be 2.30 p.m. Eastern time to get involved. And, and that is very important because we don't want all of you, any of you emailing Josh saying, Hey, can I, you know, can you help me out here? None of that. There will be no asterisks this year. Now for us here, we have a little bit of a different deadline because uh, we got to get it out. We got to get our picks out to the public out on the show a little bit farther in advance. Um, and again, Oh, this is a, a warning, not to the fans, but a warning to everybody here on the first cut, get your picks in on time. There will be no asterisks this year. Mark. Yes, Mark. We <laughs> So we will still reveal our picks on the Tuesday Mega Preview show. Uh, what I will also find interesting is then what the fans do in terms of fading those picks, Greg, or because they will, I guess when we get down to the stretch and I've, I, I've already, I'm already 35 weeks ahead here, but you know, if you're, if you're, if you are in the running for this at the end, you don't necessarily want to reveal your selections to the fans two days prior to them having to put their picks in. No. And when we get down to the wire, we may have to, you know, make an adjustment, adjust the timeline for every, but we may have to, you know, reconsider this a little bit, but for now it's an advantage to the fans. And I guess for some reason they deserve it. Uh, <laughs> But what's your strategy in it, Rick? Are you do you have the whole year mapped out already? Are you sticking to a plan? This is is this a week by week basis? You have certain players circled for certain events. I have an idea. Um, what I've also started to realize is, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, you'll notice where guys get used frequently or not. Um, I'll just give you an example. Jordan Spieth will probably be used by over half the people that are ever going to use Jordan Spieth. Uh, by the Masters, right? Because you're going to have this event here. The uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am is a signature event in which he has played very well at. Obviously, the Masters, uh, he will be used by some. So it, I will just try to say, okay, if Jordan Spieth is generally being used early in the year, maybe I'll try to save him for later. But there's like 14 events this year, Greg, that are uh, whether they're signature events, whether they are, you know, big purses with uh, or major championships that are going to have so much money for first place that like, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. This is one of this is a 20, this is $20 million, 59 golfers out of the gate. Like I'm not waiting. I'm going, I'm going pedal to the metal immediately. And, and you have to, we saw it last year, right? Everybody that had John Rom last year in our pool, uh, was 
well, almost everybody was in the mix. And if you didn't, you were well behind claw like me. I was clawing my way back the entire year, which was uh, a little disappointing, a little frustrating. Um, but it, it just it highlights the fact that right away this week, your pick is it is very important. And there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, well, there's no recent form to go on. Right, which I'm sure we're going to get into here in the DFS conversation, but there's no recent form to go on. So you got to kind of, you got to go heavy with somebody you think has a real chance of winning, and at the same time, there's some risk because you could be, you could walk away disappointed. Yeah, certainly can. Um, well, it's four guaranteed rounds. We're turning our attention to the event formerly known as the Century Tournament of Champions, no longer a Tournament of Champions designation. You don't have to win to get in. That will get you in, but you can also finish in the top, what is it, 50 of the FedEx Cup or the top 30? Top 50. Top 50. So that together, winners and top 50 is 50, 60 eligible golfers. Rory is not playing 59 teeing it up for this week at the plantation course at Kapalua. Josh, if you want to share my screen, I've got the scorecard up here. It's a very unique scorecard on, on paper. It's 7,600 yards as a par 73. If you, if you like par threes, well, uh, get your fill in the first 11 holes because there are none from 12 to 18. There's only three on the golf course. It's, it's a pretty unique uh setup wise greg but it plays a lot different than even what the scorecard wants to represent oh it, it, the scorecard yardage is basically irrelevant you know this is one of those venues where um you get some really dramatic rollouts uh, and i thought you did a great job in your article on rickrungood.com describing how so many of the top longest drives of the year longest individual drives of the year come here and it doesn't necessarily mean you're a long hitter. There's a lot of ground game to deal with, a lot of ground game to play off the tee. So uh, it it opens it, it opens the golf course up for just about anybody, any style, at least as far as distance is concerned. Uh, and, and it allows you to compete because so many tee shots end up in the same area. The fairways are so wide and they're very slopey. There are a lot of collection areas and it, it becomes like a, you know, a par three contest in, in many ways. Yeah. So the idea of everybody playing from the same spots, absolutely true, right? These collection areas, JJ spawn will hit a drive. That's 460 yards this year. It's going to be some weird stuff. It's not going to play anywhere remotely close to 7,600 yards. The par fives are certainly gettable. And the course in general, historically, Greg, over the last handful of years, like you're, you're going to have to go out there and make a lot of birdies. We've seen 30 under par be in the mix. There's not a lot of defense at this, uh, literally a resort course. You have uh, reachable par fives, like you said. You have drivable par fours. You have enormous greens. And so, you know, one strategy is to go out there and avoid making bogeys. Uh, but no matter what, if you're going to contend, you have to pile on the birdies as well. So if you figure, you know, every year in the last, what is it, six years or so, the winning score, with the exception of one, has been 22 under par or greater. Uh, so you, you do need to go and shoot some really low scores. If you can get to a place where you're shooting five or six under par a day, uh, that's what you, that's what it takes to get into contention. Uh, now there 
is the opportunity to go out there and shoot 62 again on a par 73. We've seen 11 under 12 under even shot at this golf course on a number of occasions. It's really hard to rely on a score like that. So it really important to take advantage of the par fives uh, and, and pitch in a couple of other birdies along the way. And you can contend. The key is you got to do it every day. You got to get it going every day and uh, avoid those, um, you know, silly bogeys. You got to avoid things like three putts. You got to avoid, it's really hard to get in trouble off the tee, but you got to avoid short-siding yourself, avoid, you know, silly soft bogeys because those things, they, they just make it so much harder to catch up in an event like this, where you have to make six, seven birdies a day. That's all ultimately what you have to do every day, six or seven birdies by the end of the week, you should be somewhat in contention. 59 of the world's best. Uh, no John Rahm, the defending champion. No defending, ch no champ from two years ago, Cam Smith, the last uh, past champion in this field, Harris English, 2021. He snuck his way back into the field this time around. We're going to go tier by tier through the pricing, talk about uh, the lack of recent form, the way that some of these guys might set up for the golf course, and we'll name some names. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. Here is uh, the cheat sheet on my website, rickrungood.com, and we've got three golfers, Greg, over $10,000, Scotty Scheffler. Zero surprise leads the way at 11,000. Victor Hovland at 10,500. Xander Shoffley at 10. Let's just start with those three names. We'll ease our way in to the new year. The big bucks, where are we spending them? Okay. Um, well, Scotty Scheffler is really hard to look away from coming off a of victory at the Hero World Challenge. I know that's not an official event on the PGA Tour, but when you look at the Hero and Scotty Scheffler, it's, it doesn't matter that it's an official event or not. What matters is simply what he does on the greens. He's proven to us all that the level or status of an event doesn't affect his performance. Hmm. The question is, what does he do on the putting green? And at the Hero, he putted well enough to win. And we know he made uh, a change with his putting coach. 
added Phil Kenyon anyway, uh, has a new putter in play, a little bit of a new setup position. The stroke looks better for, for sure. Better. Um, I, I don't think it's drastically different, but it's certainly better. And, and that leads me to believe that this is going to be a pretty good week for him. His, his record at this golf course is also phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so He's contended. I had this up earlier uh, and I was looking at it. Yeah, it, it was a T7 last year, a T13 in 2021. Uh, and, and the really interesting aspect of this is he's gained strokes putting both times. Uh, and and that leads me um, in, a, in a really positive direction. I, I think his putting's better. He knows these greens. And I think you're going to see Scotty Scheffler contend. So it's really hard for me to go away from him. And then, Rick, if I had to go somewhere else it would probably be uh the man whose record here is phenomenal the exception of last year when i did play him in one and done <laughs> xander shoffley yeah let, so so real quick on 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 scotty i'm i i think there's a lot of juice to squeeze out of scotty's game right now which is absolutely terrifying because he's gaining over two strokes per round to the field he did it for the vast majority if not all of 2023 and if he just gains a little bit with the putter this thing's probably over so um scotty is super terrifying xander is the golfer that you're referring to and if you guys remember uh, a year ago it was just this bizarre WD. Like we've never seen Xander be injured. He tweaked his back. He withdrew. Uh, it kept him out for not long at all. Greg, he came back at the at the American Express a couple weeks later, finished T3 and had a 2023 that Xander Shoffley should have had. But uh, he cost you in one and done. And it was just kind of a bizarre situation this time last year. Yes. But, you know, let, let's go back. Why is he the one and done pick here? Well, there's a couple of things. Why is he the one and done pick last year anyway? Well, before that, his worst finish here was T22. That was his first time here. After that, his worst finish was 12th in 2022. In between those, he had a, a win. He had a T2. He had a T5. Xander Shoffley does very well in limited field, no cut events. When he has four rounds to play with, he rises to the top. Very often. And he has a, a very complete game. I mean, if, if you look at his year this past year, the one area of concern would be what he did off the tee. And here, that's not that's not a big concern. I mean, he, he'd get a little wild off the tee periodically throughout the year. Uh, but aside from that, he's generally very, very good all the way across the board. So this week, I'm not concerned with what happens with Xander off the tee. Uh, and what I am concerned with is what he does with his approach play mm -hmm. throughout his career. It's been excellent. His wedge play been excellent throughout his career. But the thing, you know, the real moneymaker for him here is what he does on the greens. And I mean, you have to go all the way back to the RBC heritage the week after masters to find the last time Xander Shoffley lost strokes putting. And that's not really a, you know, a unusual circumstance. And and not just that he's gaining a little bit with the flat stick, Greg, he's gaining 
two, three, four, five, six strokes per tournament uh, on the putting surfaces. Like it, it is, it's, it's actually a huge weapon of his game. I ran the numbers in the off season. I was just kind of looking at different um, putting regions and I, I, I like to look at eight feet, right? Because that's, that's the, the 50, 50 mark on the PGA tour. And he makes so many more than everybody else in that area. And that skill set, especially here, when you're going to have to make a lot of those, when you're going to have to make a lot of those birdies, those, those eight to 15 footers, that's Xander's game. Uh, I, I think he's just like an absolute awesome play this week. Yeah. Again, with the putting, he was a top 10 putter his entire career. He went to arm lock strangely (laughs) for a very short period of time and it didn't work. And he realized that, hey, I, I don't, this might be an advantage for everybody else, but I, I don't really need it. Right. it. It's such a simple, uh, fundamentally sound putting stroke that that just repeats itself week after week. One of the more reliable putters on tour. You combine that with his record here and the rest of his very complete game. This is a this is a, a awesome spot for Xander. Uh, the man we left out is Victor Hovland, who uh, has really elevated himself into a different tier of golfer in 2023. He finished 10th in a small field at the Hero World Challenge. He struggled with the putter there, but uh, before that, it was just an absolute torrid stretch of golf of wins at the BMW Championship, the Tour Championship. He played great at the Ryder Cup. He played great at the DP World Tour Championship and the BMW PGA Championship. So, so why is it, Greg, that I – agree with you i mean i think it's scotty one i think it's xander two and i think it is victor third why has it come out in that order oh this is uh, this is always fun isn't it you know like how do you differentiate in a range like this with these kind of players it's really hard to do so why um his best finish here is 13th 18th excuse me yeah. Um, so he hasn't really played very well here. Hasn't putted very well here in his three starts, which include a T31, a T30, and a T18. He lost strokes putting in all of those events. Uh, the Hero World Challenge wasn't an, an, an inspiring start for him. Um, and I'm running out of reasons really quick. Because <laughs> you could see Victor Hovland winning this event without a question. right? He's a, he, he does the two things you need to do here here very well he is extremely aggressive on his approach play uh, which helps you get onto those proper shelves proper tiers and he's a very good putter so why not victor hovland uh, i i don't really know he he that is absolutely true he is a good putter he's never putted well here maybe this is a place that gives him fits the other thing in my opinion is his two biggest strengths the ability to separate himself off the tee and his ability to hit like middle and long irons better than a lot of guys in the world is not as important here. It's kind of, it's kind of minimized. You know, everyone's going to play from the same spot. The JJ spawns, the Scotty Shufflers, the Victor Hoblins are playing from the same spot on that second shot. Uh, And then a lot of it's wedge play, which he's good at. He's better than tour average, but it's not as good as like the long iron play where he's able to separate himself even more. Combine that in with the, the putting, the fact that Xander's cheaper I get it, right? It, we're, we split hairs to the top. They're all expensive. They're all great, but you got to make you can't you can't play all three of these guys. No, and and you have to choose one of them in all likelihood. There is some good value down in the six K range, but um, you know you can't have a, you can't have them all. 
So there are some weak reasons why you don't play Victor Hovland. I, I don't think he leans so much on the driver that he loses anything here. Um, he, he maybe not gaining on the field off the tee here because everybody's kind of playing from the same spot. He's just so good with his wedges. And even though he's not the best on tour, he's absolutely good enough to go crazy low here. So it, there, there's not a solid reason not to. It's just he doesn't have the edge that uh, that Xander and Scotty have here, in, in my opinion. Of the golfers in this field who have played the plantation course at least 12 rounds, the worst players in terms of strokes gained total, Mackenzie Hughes, Siwoo Kim, Victor Hovland. Uh, throwing that out there as we move on to the 9K range, which starts... With Patrick Cantlay, $9,900. Max Homa is 97. Wyndham Clark, 96. Matt Fitzpatrick, 95. Then the bottom of the range is Brian Harmon, Terrell Hatton, Colin Morikawa, and Tommy Fleetwood. So we've got some good course history here, Greg. Uh, we've got some guys that I think I'm buying stock in in 2024. But how do we want to allocate our funds here? Yeah, I really like this range. Um, if I had to... And I, I had to narrow it down a little bit, much like the 10K plus range. You got to try to narrow it down a little bit. So the areas that I'm focused on are at the very top and the very bottom. I like Cantlay and Holma. Okay. Uh, and and I like, well, I guess it's not the very bottom. I, I like Hatton and Morikawa as well. Um, given the strength of the 10K range and, and my belief that you got to get at least one of those guys in there. I'd like to start down at the bottom with Morikawa because I think Colin Morikawa is fascinating for the entire year. Fascinating here. Uh, last year, he gave this event away. Hmm. Make no mistake, he completely gave it away with a short game. Right. And I, I would say a short game improved after that. Perhaps it was the style of golf course changed. Uh, perhaps he put a little work into it. But what I really like about Morikawa is with the wedge play and the iron play, his ability to access those top shelves uh, or, or the proper shelf, that's been phenomenal. And I really like what he's done on the greens. You know, the Hero World Challenge, although a small sample size, gave us some statistics backing up the Zozo. And with Morikawa... And putting, we got to see evidence because he's going to talk himself into us thinking he's got it figured out. Or, uh, or I, that he's completely lost. <laughs> or that he's completely lost. Right. So we got to see evidence. Can't take him at his word uh, on that. Understandably so. But I, I think combining the win at the Zozo and the gaining of 4.36 strokes putting at the uh, Hero World Challenge is a really good sign that he's got something going on the greens. So he is probably my favorite play in the 9K range. Uh, how about the history of four trips, seventh, seventh, fifth runner-up? And uh, to call Colin Morikawa a good wedge player is is a disservice to, to how good he is. Okay, so, so just to run through these very quickly, um, 50 to 125 yards, so a 75-yard bucket second on tour last year 100 to 125 second 125 to 150 
seventh. That's really kind of like your wedges. Even go a little bit longer. You get into the mid irons, 150 to 175, sixth. 175 to 200, sixth. Basically, any way you slice the approach play, Colin Morikawa is best, like one of the best players in the world, if not the best, the best player in the world. Right. And if you hear him talk about it, he says he, he doesn't talk about irons or wedges. He talks about approach play. Right. He says he just sees approach shots. And it's to the point where with these wedges, I mean, he's got to almost aim away from the flag stick so he doesn't get a bad break. Well, I'm going to aim a foot left of the, of the flag here. Do you like that? <laughs> yeah, I, I do that too. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's in my repertoire as well. So that's where that's where you see his course history really shine. That That's why. That's why it works here. He could hit every green. I mean, he, he's not going to hit. I'm not going to make a Corey Connors like statement here, uh, but he, he, he might actually do that here. Right. Yeah. Oh, he'll hit 60 greens. There minimal. we go. Finally. Okay. We got yeah, all the record. I, I had to say. <laughs> um, there's a comment in the chat uh, from Drew, which is something that I think is interesting. Josh, if you could pull that up. And I, I, I noticed this as well for a couple of things. This 9K range does not necessarily line up with the outright odds, which is normally what you would see from the from the DraftKings pricing. So a couple of things. Brian Harmon, $9,300 is, I see him at 50 to one. Drew says 60. Maybe you can get a 60 somewhere. I see him at 50 to one. Morikawa is $9,100, $200 cheaper and 12 to one, one of the shortest odds to win this golf tournament. Max Homa also, $9,700 is tied with Patrick Cantlay for the third shortest odds. So, so Greg, I think that um, Vegas is at least as high on Colin Morikawa as you and I are, even to this extent where Brian Harmon might be significantly mispriced or Colin might be a great value at $9,100. Yeah, and I, I tend to lean that way. I, I actually think Brian Harmon is a fair play here, but it's hard to put it's hard to click Brian Harmon's name with Colin Morikawa sitting there uh, at, at this price. So it, it is an extremely fair price on, on Morikawa. And I guess the one concern would be that his, uh, that his ownership goes way too high because of that. If everybody sees that, but I just, I, I look at, I think he has a really good chance at winning this week. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if he did and, I think he's a great one and done option this week, right? And so I, I do and can see some very good popularity coming out of him. Uh, Greg might be doing a little foreshadowing of his of his one and done selection. Maybe or we'll see. Uh, okay, the rest of this range, I think I think there's some some good options. Well, you met, you mentioned uh, Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I want to just highlight Tommy Fleetwood for a second. You know, Tommy yeah. had a really really good 2023, and when you start looking at guys who gained as many strokes to the field as Tommy did. Uh, a lot of them were multiple time winners in 2023. Tommy didn't add trophies to the resume, played well at the Ryder cup, got, you know, a team victory there. But when you start looking through the metrics, Greg, this is a well-rounded golfer who is probably in the best stretch of golf that we've seen in his career. He's, been really impressive all the way across the board. I, I feel much more confident about Tommy Fleetwood on the greens. Uh, the ball striking is back to where it was in, say, 2018. Uh, the wedge play around the greens and into greens is outstanding. 
So yeah, Tommy Fleetwood's a really a really strong option. I just I I wonder what you're going at here. Right? Could you get Morikawa and Fleetwood in the same lineup? Possibly, but do yeah. you have the do you have enough win equity when you have guys like in this same range? Right, Patrick Cantlay. We would not be surprised if he won. Max Homa. We would not be surprised if he won. Morikawa would not be surprised if if he won. For Fleetwood to win would be you know the uh, first first time in the United States getting a win. Is that a detraction? Possibly, depending on your lineup construction. But uh, he is an extremely safe play because he's been reliable all year. Yeah, you might be one of those situations where you're like, if you've never watched golf before, uh, you might be better off because you don't have the scar tissue of Tommy Fleetwood close calls that right. keep rattling through your brain every time you try to click him as like an anchor in one of your lineups and saying, Oh, I've got a bunch of win equity here. you like, if you just didn't know his results because the metrics are there, it's just the wind luck that I worry about. So maybe this is a week I can develop a little bit of amnesia. Well, yeah, it'd be a good move. <laughs> and you you bring up a really good point. If you just go on metrics and consider how much luck is involved in winning and consider that, first time winners and it happens all the time he may be a, a phenomenal play because his performance has been undeniably really good but yeah i wrote i almost write him off i'm clicking through and again like i said i like this nearly this entire range um but at some point you got to rule guys out and the scar tissue ruled out fleetwood for me yeah i think the middle of this range so so if you are looking to get different in the 9k range um that Wyndham Clark, Max Homa, or excuse me, Wyndham Clark, Matt Fitzpatrick, Brian Harmon, even Terrell Hatton, like the middle of this range yeah. probably gives you that leverage. I see a lot of Cantlay Homa with those guys being uh, tied for the third shortest odds. You see a lot of Morikawa and Fleetwood guys that are seemingly undervalued. It's that middle section, Greg. If you wanted to get a little bit different, that seems to be the spot to, to get there. Yeah, and I think they're very good options in that. Um, Hatton is my favorite to get different in this range. I mean, look at what, look at what Hatton's done since the tour championship, right? The BMW PGA came in tied second gaining like crazy. I mean, nearly 10 strokes approaching the green. He is an extremely reliable putter, much like a Xander Shoffley, probably not quite at that level, but a very reliable putter. And he hasn't played here which may be a disadvantage, but uh, it, it at least it rules out recent form uh, or, or past performance course history from our, our biases. And I think Hatton's game really fits the bill here as well. Uh, he can be very accurate into greens with his irons and is very capable of shooting some really low scores. So I, I like Hatton in a, uh, as, as a great pivot play. Okay. Well, let's continue this conversation. We'll go to the eights, the sevens, and find some value in that 6K range. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search 
The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Leagues. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Oh, mama, that 8K range. Tom Kim, Jordan Spieth, Ludwig Aberg. Th- those are the top three. I'm I'm interested already. Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Tony Finau, Cam Young, Sam Burns, Sung J.M., Hideki, Matt Suyama. This is where we can have lots of very good conversations. Greg, where do you want to start? So this is a range at first glance. I was like, not crazy about Uh Maybe I could skip the whole range. But then on second thought, this could be the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> right? And I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think the, the one concern, Ludwig's the name that really jumps out, right? He's going to be incredible. Yeah, he's going to be $8,700 Ludwig, who by playing you know, the last four rounds that he played, Greg, he got himself into official stats. So now you look, it's yeah. like, oh my God, he was first in like everything. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is, this is going to be fun. So <laughs> that it just it feels very chalky. Yeah. And maybe that's the anchor piece you need. If you are getting different up in the nine K's, maybe you start a lineup in the nine K's. If you can differentiate other ways, if you want to play Ludwig, there are endless reasons to do so. So I, I wouldn't fault you for it. You just you have to change up the rest of your lineup um, because I think he's going to be as chalk as chalk gets. So, you know, that's part that's where I kind of start with my maybe you just skip this whole range. But then, well, Tom Kim mm. is extremely attractive. Uh, I have a good feeling about Cam Young uh, certainly has the ability of winning an event like this. Tony Finau certainly has the ability to win an event like this. And um, I, I'm going to say pass on Ludwig only for ownership. Maybe I make a lineup with him in it, but, um, but Tom Kim, Tony Finau and Cam Young would be the other names in this range that uh, catch my eye. Just to put a bow on Ludwig. So I, I just need to read off his results since the Wyndham championship. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. T 14 T four win T 10 Ryder Cup victory, runner-up, T13, T10, win. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. a sicko. It's, uh, it feels automatic. And, and the other cool thing about it is what he's done with his approach play, which maybe earlier in the summer, I guess when he was in college uh, and playing PGA Tour events, struggled a little bit perhaps. Um, but he's really turned the corner and it's caught up with his driving. So it's really hard to even make that argument that he loses his advantage off the tee. Um, it's kind of the Hovland situation where, yeah, he may lose a little bit of an advantage off the tee that he normally would have, but the rest of his game is perfectly equipped to go shoot in the mid-60s all four days. I'm glad you mentioned Tom Kim 
because I'm buying the Tom Kim 2024 stock. I'm also buying it here. The last six months for Tom Kim were the performances and statistical profiles that we thought we were going to get from Tom Kim immediately after he won what two of his first six starts on the PGA tour or whatever that was like the, the right. expectations that were lumped on him at that moment. And then he, by those expectations struggled. He actually did that in the last six months of 2023. His ball striking was uh, elite. He got a victory at the Shriners. He showed us the ability to go absolutely nuclear with the, with the putter again. And I believe this golf course, uh, it's going to allow him to drive it accurately, but short. He's going to get away with that. He's going to then be able to turn into a, a second shot player, get hot with the putter. He finished fifth year last year. I'm in on Tom. A lot of short hitters on the PGA tour that, um, that make their way to success do it because their wedge play is really strong. So they keep up on par fives with wedge play. Uh, iron, his long iron play is phenomenal. So he makes up for a lot of that loss of distance off the tee with really accurate iron shots. And in a week like this, where he'll get a lot of help from the ground in his distance off the tee, he's going to be hitting short irons for him into a lot of these greens. And that's right where he excels. But the big difference since, like you said, the last six months, since July 4th, right? The Since the rocket mortgage, Scottish open onward, uh, bummed ankle and all mm. utter, turned around and that was the thing after the Shriners in 2022 when he won that the putter was the thing that left him and that's where we got a lot of mediocre results and he was almost forgotten and the putter has come back uh, he's gained strokes uh, in bunches in every single event since that time Scottish Open to present he's gained strokes putting every time so I, I think Tom Kim makes a lot of sense uh, you mentioned a feeling around Cam Young. I need to mine into that because Cam Young did not have the 2023 that 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 anybody wanted. And we just got word here in the last couple of weeks that the 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 offseason shakeup was uh, no more Paul Tesori on the back. Just one and done. One year of Paul Tesori and Cam Young. Paul is going to go to Brendan Todd's bag. You are feeling something for Cam. Yeah, and you know this is um, originally again doing my initial sweep through the board. It's a no. I've kind of been down on him for a while, and, and you look at these results, and they're not great. But uh, one of the really cool tools on RickRunGood.com is the stats page over on. Well, you can get to it right from here too. But you start looking at these wedge numbers, mm -hmm. right? What he does inside 100 yards. What he does from 100 to 125. 125 to 150. Yeah. And it's it's really quite good. Uh, and his name just continued to pop up. Normally, we think of Cam Young having success at a place that requires distance because he's so long. Uh, but with his wedge performance here, it could really be a separator, even though there's not really a way to separate yourself off the tee. This may be the thing that keeps the ball in play a little bit for him. Gives himself more wedge opportunities. Allows him to really give himself uh you know 13 to 15 good looks at birdie throughout an entire round uh, and and maybe a, a you know a new new help on the bag is a, is a extra spark an extra catalyst sees the greens a little bit differently perhaps 
So the golf course makes a ton of sense for Cam. And despite the disappointing year last year, um, I, I think the wedge play is really the the highlight for me that puts him in the running to get into my lineups. Let's talk Jordan Spieth. Uh, yeah. Runner up in 2014, win in 2016, third in 2017, ninth in 2018. Then he did not play this event until 2022. T21, T13. Um, if he finishes last, I'm not surprised. If he wins, I'm not surprised. Where are you on the spectrum of Jordan Spieth for this week? Uh, it completely unknown, <laughs> right? I'm right there with you. And there's a problem. There's a problem in that for me when it comes to DFS, especially with a player like Jordan Spieth, who's 8,800. I'd rather pay up for Tom Kim or pay down for uh, a Ludwig. I mean, how do you play Jordan Spieth over Ludwig? It's because of ownership, but Jordan's going to be popular too. I would imagine that's kind of the problem. I I would agree that um, we'll, we'll see as the week goes on, what the projected ownership comes in. We're doing this obviously early on a Monday, but the history alone. And I think the time off probably helps Jordan speak because the recent form isn't very good. So you don't have people looking at that and saying, well, he hasn't played well in five of the last seven weeks or anything like that. But um, the metrics are not promising. And even, even the events where, you know, the Ryder cup, which we don't, you don't get the strokes game breakdown. He was bad. He was terrible. Bad in the Ryder cup. And it's just, um, there is not much to grab on here except for, class that he is a hall of famer but that's yeah i suppose the hero world challenge was a good outing as well six out of 18 yeah right it's the hero it's but you know it's better than what we typically get out of jordan at the hero he he outperformed my expectations that week but what does that mean you know it's hard to really put any significant weight on it unless it's scotty scheffler and you're wondering what he does on the greens like a very simple one kind of attribute that, that we're looking for the heroes are hard to put serious weight on. So I am still in the place where I don't know with Jordan Spieth that may work for a cam young. Who's a little less popular, maybe goes a little more under the radar, um, but not as inherently popular, but when it's Jordan Spieth, I don't like taking a big chance on that. Let's continue the conversation down to the 7K range because this is where, um, I mean, you get some guys who who got themselves into this event in some in some weird ways and may, might not have played particularly well as of late. But we started with uh, Keegan Bradley and Sepp Straka. It, the middle of the range is uh, Corey Connors, Lucas Glover, Eric Cole. And then the bottom of the range is Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, uh, two Canadians down at $7,000 flat. So, you could go in a million different directions here. I can pick out um, one or two guys that are probably going to garner a lot of the ownership, but you could get different here in a variety of, of, of fashions. Who do you think is going to garner most of the ownership? I think it's Eric Cole. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy who just never stops playing golf, the guy who never stops piling up top five and top 10 finishes. Four of his last five starts were top fours. You look at his weaknesses. I don't think that they matter as much here. And I just, I just think that when you compare his resume uh, and the way that he should probably fit the, fit the plantation course against the rest of these guys, I think he's the one that stands out as as uh, most popular. 
So that's that's fine because I I think his style, despite the recent performance, his style certainly fits what we're looking for here. Yeah. The good news is there's about six other guys in this range that that's fit right. that same style. You talk about Sepp Straka. Uh, his weakness would be what he does off the tee. If you ask him, it's short game. Those two things are very avoidable. You could work around that at this golf course very easily. Sep can fill it up and has become a lot more consistent mm-hmm. over the over the past year. So he is definitely uh, on my list as, as one of those guys. Um, I would go Russell Henley, uh, another player very similar to Eric Cole, maybe not quite as good on the greens, but maybe a little bit better with the wedges uh, and and approach play in that regard. His performance of late has been phenomenal too. Mm-hmm. He just flies so under the radar. I feel like Russell Henley is very underpriced. So I like him. I think JT Poston fits a very similar model to Eric Cole. Again, what's the, what's the weakness for JT Poston? Probably um, very clearly the distance is mm-hmm. off the tee game. Not a factor here. Excellent approach play. One of the best putters on the PGA Tour. Sign me up there. So there's a lot of ways to get around Eric Cole, even if you believe that that style is the most important. If that ownership turns out to be true, I think there's um, I think there's a lot of options. Yes. I think that this range is easier to pivot than, oh gosh, what was it? Like the 9K range where you've got just Colin Morikawa at $9,100. Yeah. And you're like, well, do I want Colin or Brian Harmon? Yeah, uh, pay up for Brian Harmon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Th- this is like, okay, I understand why Eric Cole is going to be popular. It's well-deserved, but you are right. There are a lot of, you. I mean, you named them. It's it's Sepstrock, it's Russell Henley, it's JT Post, and they all fit this golf course in a really good way. Denny McCarthy starting to grow and get better every single time he tees it up. We're going to get down to the 6K range where I think there are even a couple more guys who fit this golf course in particular better than some of the other golf courses. So this is the spot that I think, you know, if you're running out multiple lineups, if you're running out, um, you know, 20, 30, 40 or more lineups, this is really the place that you can get uh, different and you can get a lot of guys at a very low ownership. And if one of them goes off and finishes third, that's how you've made up ground on the rest of the field. Yeah. And those guys we just mentioned, it's pretty difficult to differentiate this week given the time off that we've had. Uh, so, you know, I like to look at these kind of weeks from a little bit of a broader view and I will look at recent performance, but I'm much more concerned with general performance over the, the entire last season, for instance, these guys all fit that bill. Difficult to, to pick one out. There's one guy that we didn't mention um, that I think is really important to mention here. And it's Keegan Bradley. Mm. Uh, again, if you go through Keegan's profile, it's very evident that one of the strengths is the wedge play, much like Cam Young. I'm looking through the best players in this field inside 100, 100 to 125, 125 to 150. And this name, Keegan Bradley, continues to pop up. Mm-hmm. Combine that with, you know, the biggest problem for Keegan in the past has been obviously the putter. Mm-hmm. What did he solve this past year? The putting became a, a fairly consistent putter. So I, I think his results here are going to get a whole lot better. Uh, or, or are they a whole lot different because of what he can do on the greens now? 
Yeah, the the putter has been uh, I don't want to call a borderline weapon. He's gained strokes putting in three straight. He's gained strokes putting in that's like seven of nine. He's gained in like nine of eleven. It's been a very good run for him. And when he's played this event in the in the past, and it's 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 over a long long history. He did play here last year, lost a ton of strokes on the greens, but then he's played here in 2019, 2013, and 2012. So you can write off a lot of that history because of how uh, spread out it is. But very clearly. Keegan has solved the uh, weakest part of his game and continues to do the good things really, really well. So Keegan Bradley, right. $7,900 uh, at the top of that range uh, is, is is appealing as well. I want to just kind of continue this to the 6K range because one of the other guys that I was that I was thinking about was Brendan Todd. Brendan Todd is now the beneficiary of a new man on the bag in, in, in Paul Tesori. And if you just look at guys whose weaknesses – get minimized. Uh, Brandon Todd does not hit it long. He hits it very accurately. He's a great wedge player, great putter. Like that that is this is one of the five or six spots that works best for Brandon Todd on the schedule. Yes, um and and he's played here three times, right? Again, it's kind of like Keegan over a long period of time. T8 in 2015, T13 in 2021. Um that would be the one area of concern for me as it hasn't been he, he hasn't done great here. Um but I love Brendan Todd week in and week out. I, I wonder if he loses a little bit of an advantage in the accuracy, maybe because he will gain distance here. It, it negates that. Uh, so I could definitely see his, his wedge play and putting ability get highlighted. I'm just not sure if, how much he likes the greens here. Mm. Um, so I, I am a huge Brendan Todd fan and you may have just turned me to, to playing him here. <laughs> But I, I do think there are some other options in this range that okay. I may like more. Well, let's 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 talk about them because this range is uh, Adam Shank, Brendan Todd up at the top in the middle of the six thousand dollar range. Uh, Lee Hodges, Vincent Norman, Andrew Putnam in the bottom of the range. Talk about guys who got themselves in uh, via one or two really really good starts: Camilo Vijegas, Davis Riley, and Nico Echeverria. So, how would you like to take on your uh, deep flyers here in the six K range? Yeah. Um, well, here's the good news. You can almost go all the way to the bottom. Mm. I mean, I'm talking, one of my favorite plays in this whole range is at 6,200. Think about what that does to the north side of your lineup. It gives you a lot of options when you could get someone like Luke List at 6,200 into your lineup. Uh, now, uh, we haven't had a long enough sample size to say he's figured out what's going on with the putting, but... It's gone on for a while since, what would you say, Rick, the Scottish Open? Yeah, I was going to say even, I, I was almost going to give him credit for even a little bit farther than that because uh, even losing three strokes over four rounds for Luke List is like <laughs> pretty good yeah, in some yeah. situations. So yeah. you're right. What you're referring to is even, you know, Travelers here, he gained, uh, he's gained strokes putting in five of his last seven measured events. Uh, one of them turned into a victory at the Sanderson Farm. So, so it, it is... Uh, clearly not even remotely close to as bad as it was, and it might even be a good thing now. It, it, it might be. I'm not willing to go there yet, but I'm not uh, so nervous. Where it used to be, he fits the mold, right? Great ball striker, all these things, but we know the putting is so bad, you can't rely on a good week. But here, there's a, there's a really good chance he does have a good week. He's played here one time last year, came in tied 11th, only area he lost strokes in was putting. 
Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to turn that red box green and say, oh, well, he could nearly win at that rate. He has the ability, T to green, to win. And I'm sensing, uh, I'm willing at 6,200 to take a risk that he does have a good putting week. Because I, I think it's a lot more possible now than it has been in the past. Made every cut in the fall, including that win. He had a T25 at the Fortinet. He had a T18 at the Shriners. He had another T20 at the at, in Bermuda. And then he wrapped up his fall with a T19 at the RSM Classic. So he had a very, very good fall. Probably didn't want it to end. We'll see if he can continue that into January here. Um, Adam Spencer also had a pretty nice fall. Yeah, he's, he did. He's 6,600 bucks. He finished with a fifth place finish at the RSM. He had a, a handful of top 20s, kind of a very similar set of results to Luke List outside that List got a victory. Adam Svensson didn't, but there, there, there are some decent options here. Is there anybody else that you would take a flyer on? Uh, well, Tom Hoagie at 6,700. Not sure I'd consider that a flyer, uh, but absolutely fits the mold of an absolutely awesome wedge player and relies on that through his PGA tour career with a little bit of time off. You don't know what you're going to get, but uh, given his fingerprint, his, his um, DNA as a professional golfer on the PGA tour, this should be a good fit. Um, And then the other one I have is I would say a flyer at 6,400 and that would be Andrew Putnam. Mm. Andrew Putnam didn't have a great fall, but the area he struggled in was on the greens. Yeah which is not like him. So at, at the Shriners and Fortinet, he lost in both of those events over three strokes putting in two missed cuts. So in just two days, he had a real tough go of it on the greens. I'm willing to bet that that turns around and perhaps the T five that he had at the worldwide technology championship um, is evidence of that, even though that wasn't measured uh, that that's probably a sign that he putted a little better. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And especially given, yeah, like you said, his DNA of being a very good putter, it makes sense that he did, that he did turn that around. He's played here once. It was in 2019. He finished T14, probably not recent enough or big enough to care about, but worth a mention. I think I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. In the six Ks, I wrote down four names. I think you have a lot of really good options. We covered all four of them. Hoagie, Svensson, Putnam, List. Hoagie, Spen- Ho- Hoagie Svensson, Putnam, List. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't recommend using any of them for your one and done, but maybe for your DFS no. lineups. No. Although maybe, I mean, look, Luke List, he could be a good option for you in one and done. Not going to be for me, but it might be a good one for you. Uh, the one and done is available. Uh, there's a link in the description on both YouTube and wherever you're listening to this to get into run your pool and get involved in the first cut one and done where we will track your results. Uh, We'll obviously be covering the standings on a weekly basis on the show. uh, So you can get involved that way, get, get some shout out and get some, some bragging rights. I will uh, shamelessly plug. If you go to rickrungood.com on left-hand side, there's two more one and dones. If you want to get in those, I know they're very, Greg, this is, I cannot tell you the growth of one and dones in the last couple of years. It is like all I hear about. Yes. I, I go to, um, you know, the events, let's say it's an event with my kids. There are some of the other dads that are golf fans and they always talk to me about golf and they're all in one and done leagues, big, big ones. Mm -hmm. And they are obsessed with the PGA tour because of it. 
whether they can watch or not, they're in group chats. They're watching on Thursday morning from the first tee box talking about Chris Kirk. You know, it, it's a great it's a great thing for the game of golf because uh, it just it attaches you to the league for an entire year. It, yeah. it is so fun because of that. I was telling somebody because it's so it's similar to NFL Survivor, right? That's usually the way I just, you know, it gets described to people, but there's no risk of being knocked out, right? right? There's no risk of being knocked out in week one or week two. You are guaranteed like 35 weeks of entertainment, which is very rare and an incredible experience. Yeah. And it, it because there's 35 weeks or so, you got to get 35 different players in there. You're not just playing the top players every time. So you got to keep your finger on the pulse. You got to listen to shows like this. You got to, um, you know, check out websites like yours. You got to watch when you can on the PGA tour and, and follow these guys. So you can understand who's going to perform well. And and it does that for people. Yeah. And, and they all of a sudden have a newfound interest in the PGA tour for a whole season. So yeah, it's a big deal. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad we have all the fans involved in it this year as well. Yeah. It should be a great time. Go get involved. And we are just getting started this week. We're just getting started this year. Uh, give us a, a like subscribe, you know, leave us a review, all that fun stuff that we never ask you for. Go ahead and give it to us on the first day of the year. We'll start our year off. Right. And we'll, we're going to end up doing, I don't know, 250, 300 episodes or something like that this year. So uh, we'll have plenty of content coming throughout 2024. Big thanks to producer Josh, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme is available at The Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.